Do I need to say it again? Delusions of grandeur. Hey folks, this is Rish Outfield, and I'm about to present the uh, the rest of the discussion I had with Marshall and Big Anklevich about the future of Star Wars. We had recorded it as one long conversation, and I just split it arbitrarily because it took so long to edit. I just thought, well, let's split it in two. But since we hadn't intended to present it as two episodes there was no intro for this half so this will serve as the intro we'll just continue where we left off going down the list of projects that are on the horizon but as we recorded this in january the issue that recently arose with gina carano uh no longer being involved with the star wars franchise will probably affect one or two of the things that we said maybe maybe not i i don't know if Rangers of the New Republic was supposed to be centered around her character, and if that is still going to be the case or not. Uh, hopefully you enjoy this conversation, and let us know in the comments if we need to do an episode where Marshall and I talk about her controversial statements and then the also-controversial firing of her by Lucasfilm and her talent agency. I'm on the fence as to whether we ought to broach the subject or not. So enjoy. We will see you soon. Let me talk very briefly, because we know nothing, about the next project, Rangers of the New Republic. This is another television series set within the timeline of The Mandalorian. This new live-action series from executive producers Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni will intersect with future stories and culminate into a climactic story event. Hmm. And my guess is this is Cara Dune and maybe Bo-Katan and her uh, attempts to retake Mandalore. What do you think, Marshall? Uh, I don't know. I think they're going to leave that, uh, the whole thing with Bo-Katan and the Darksaber and stuff in Mandalorian show. So I, I'm thinking that it'll be something, you know, they'll introduce new stuff and have kind of a different vibe for this one. Maybe more of a what's going on with the New Republic. You know, what, these, are the, these are the people that are on the ground working on stuff, you know, boots on the ground kind of thing for the Republic. And we get to find out more about what's going on with that. So that Asian white-haired X-Wing pilot that we met in the two episodes... It's he's going to be a part of this. That was my original thought. See, I, I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking it was going to be the X-Wing guys on this show. But I guess they wouldn't be Rangers. They're the squadron or whatever. You know, uh, so he might be part of it. But. He's going to be the sidekick. It's him and Cara Dune going planet to planet and kicking butt. I don't know. The, the name, the title of it makes you think. I mean, I guess this whole kind of thing has a western uh, like mandalorian had a kind of a western you know the the wandering gunman who goes from town to town and in search of something and helping people out as he goes feel to it which is also really similar i think to a lot of samurai stuff too yeah 
just it, it's the whole aesthetic for what seems to be what they're building, I guess, because Ahsoka is basically like a wandering samurai, whereas uh, Mandalorian's the wandering gunman. Now we've got, I don't know, the wandering posse of the, <laughs> uh, I mean, they're called Rangers, which is, you know, makes you think of the Wild West and Texas Rangers and the Lone Ranger. Walker. So I, yeah, Walker, Texas Ranger, <laughs> all the great Rangers. And. <laughs> Maybe uh, Chuck Norris will make a, a a cameo in there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and of course, he'll steal the show because he's toughest guy ever. Actually, you, you talked about the blue guy being the sidekick. This would probably be the show where where they'd pull him in. <laughs> what? Wait, as a co- think, no, they're going to bring in the Mon Calamari from the other episode as the sidekick. <laughs> But yeah, all of these ones interest me. They're, you know, they seem like they're interconnected. They are going to be the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe for Star Wars. These ones all are basically spinoffs, you know. It seems almost like some of those episodes in The Mandalorian were just there to give us a reason to be excited about watching the next show, you know. Why did we see... Why did we have Ahsoka Tano in there if not just to be like, hey, look, like this character? Well, she's got her own show now. Yeah. Sign up for Disney Plus. Renew your subscription. <laughs> you like that Mork episode of Happy Days? All right, exactly. It's basically, yeah, uh, yeah Laverne and Shirley went off to uh, to Milwaukee. Go see what they're doing. And <laughs> meet Lenny and, or Lenny and Squiggy were in Happy Days too, weren't they? I think so, yeah. I like that. So I'm down with that. Rish, any any last words on the Rangers? No, I, I, we need more details on, on on who is in it and and what it's about. I, I had just assumed that that's Cara Dune's show. They gave her her own action sequence at the beginning where she's killing those walrus men, uh, and I just felt like that's there's your backdoor pilot for a Cara Dune show. That, yeah, the next one we need more information as well, but uh, I guess we'll we'll see. <laughs> Everyone's favorite scoundrel. Lando Calrissian will return in a brand new event series for Disney+. Plus. Ooh, this one's an event. <laughs> yes. Justin Simon, creator of the critically acclaimed Dear White People and a huge Star Wars fan, is developing the story. I'm assuming this is going to be Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, is it going to be uh, Childish Gambino coming back? That's That's probably what makes it an event series. But does he do acting much anymore or is that is he now just a rapper my guess is there's so much more money in being a hip-hop artist than there is in you know showing up in spider-man homecoming and you know (laughs) community and things like that but i i i don't know there was a ton of talk when solo came out that you know he stole the show and that they were going to give him his own movie and all that. But then Solo came out <laughs> and all was lost. But I, I, I think it's great that uh, he's coming back and it may give them a chance to tie up some of those loose ends that happened at the end of Solo. And I think Marshall and I talked about this. Why not bring Alden Ehrenreich in in one episode and see what the reaction is? And if people go nuts, then uh, you definitely know what to do next. Or bring in Kira, the the love interest in Solo, who sold her soul at the end of that show, and we'll find out what's happening with her. 
And that's a backdoor pilot for her own show. And then, yeah, we also talked about maybe bringing in uh, Billy D to bookend the uh, the series or whatever. Yeah, or he could be sitting with that girl who might be his daughter from from oh yeah that needs to be resolved and he could he could be just sitting there telling her stories oh yeah i remember back when i was doing this i was open up with a schlitz malt liquor and that could be an interesting you know he's telling a story from way back when in each episode oh yeah and this is what happened and then it cuts and you get all that stuff the the thing is from what what i could tell is we get no idea what the time period is with this show it just says your favorite guy is back and this dude is directing it yay but he, is he your favorite scoundrel no i don't i thought yeah, han solo was so. the favorite scoundrel he might be somebody's favorite scoundrel. I did like him in, in Solo. but Hopefully we get L5, L7. What was L6? L3. L3. Well, she's in the Millennium Falcon now. so Yeah, well, maybe he can find some way to <laughs> get her back and kindle that old flame. Uh, I know that was Rish's favorite character. So. That was the best part for him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm probably the biggest defender of solo i thought they they laid a lot of good groundwork there for some at least another follow-up movie but um, i don't think this will be that i think it'll be something different with with lando on his own in some kind of a heist or a you know adventure or something yeah it could be fun and there's no reason that won't work these characters especially the beloved ones have appeared in their own comic series or their own book series you know, we know that they've had tons of adventures, and why not give that character a chance to shine? Yeah. Yeah, it would definitely be worth it. We'll have to see how good it is and where it's set and what it's going, you know. As we've said with almost all of these is that, you know, we need more information. Uh, I was actually just commenting on that to my brother-in-law when we were talking about The Mandalorian the other day. I think this whole announcement was it made it pretty obvious you know they basically like shelved star wars completely they had the mandalorian and maybe we'll do this obi-wan thing they had put all the movies on hold and it seemed like they were basically just uh, i guess we need to give it a chance to mellow for a while and then they put out mandalorian everybody loved it and they're like oh crap quick quick (laughs) get stuff out Who's got an idea? Okay, you, you're in. Uh, anyone else? Okay, you, yeah, go. Go, just go make it. Here's a hundred million dollars. Go. You get a show and you get a show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping, because that seems to be obvious, that we don't get a bunch of crap out of that because they're just desperate to get stuff out. I'm hoping that it is true what people say, that you know Dave Filoni and John Favreau have a real vision of what they want going on and things work out because of that but i guess it remains to be seen well we should probably there's only a couple more of these that i'm i'm really interested in but uh let's let's try to get through them okay uh the next one is andor a tense nail-biting spy thriller created by tony gilroy is set to arrive on disney plus in 2022 diego luna 
Reprising the role of rebel spy Cassian Andor from Rogue One, will be joined by a fantastic new cast that includes Stellan Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Yeah, here, yeah. <laughs> uh, Adria Arjona, Fiona Shaw, Denise Goh, Kyle Soler, and Jean-Viev O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. So this is, is that a the same Mon Mothma as the other uh, Rogue One. It is, and she played Mon Mothma in Revenge of the Sith, and then her scenes were all cut out. Oh, really? But you can see her on the deleted scenes where they actually gave Padme something to do. Um, sorry, I'm not going to bash the prequels for <laughs> three minutes. But uh, this is the next one that we're going to get. Oh, no, this is 22. Why 2022 if, it shoot, if it's already been shooting? Yeah, it said production kicked off three weeks ago in London, which was, I guess, a month and three weeks ago. <laughs> so Tony Gilroy uh, is, I believe, the screenwriter of the Born Identity movies. And then he directed the fourth one, which is the one with Jeremy Renner in it. Uh, and then when Rogue One was having all of its difficulties and they needed to reshoot, they brought him in to do the reshoots and apparently he did like a, a pass on the script and so it was I guess only natural to uh, give him this project I I know what I think I'm more curious of what you guys think <laughs> I, I would imagine people are super excited about this I'm excited about it I, I really liked the uh, the Rebel Lion stuff that was in Rogue One um, you know, with Mon Mothma and just knowing that there's a history there of, you know, and the, they, they do, Cassian Andor talks about he's been through so much for uh, the Rebel Alliance that, uh, you know, he's in so deep at this point. And we see that he, you know, he, he shoots that guy so that he can escape and, and get the information. So pulling that into a spy thriller, that, that sounds kind of fun with the Star Wars background. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm less excited about it, I guess. I I, <laughs> I didn't latch on to uh, any of the characters, really, in Rogue One. I know everybody loves Rogue One, and I'm in the vast minority for not really being a big fan of it. But it doesn't do it for me. I, I don't miss finding out what else happened in Cassian Andor's life. Cassian Andor didn't really... Uh, come across as an interesting character and on top of that we know when he dies how it all ends it's one of those kind of things where you know the, the the prequel how good can the prequel be you can't be worried about him dying because you know he didn't so there's there's that thing that they always have to overcome he could do anything he could jump off a cliff and you'd be like yeah he'll be fine <laughs> he's got rocket boots on or something because he's he's not gonna get hurt so I don't know. I suppose there are ways to make prequels good. So I, although I can't think of a lot of them, I'm hoping that the Black Widow movie will be good, which is technically a prequel. True. But I haven't seen it to know if they did a good job with it or not. But I assume that it's going to be hard to worry about Black Widow since we know where she dies and how, and it's not there. It's not <laughs> at the hands of the Taskmaster. So I don't know. That may be the one that I'm the least excited about on the whole list, I'll have to say. But what about you, Rish? What do you think? Well, I, I understand where you're coming from. 
The very first prequel I ever saw was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And so, of course, you know Indy is going to survive. He's the title character of what was supposed to be a long-running series. But I, I feel like even knowing the character is going to survive, you can worry about the people around him or you can worry about him failing in his mission. Uh, take the Mission Impossible movies, for example. You know They're never going to kill off Tom Cruise's character, but each one of those have been really, really thrilling, excellent films, uh, or at least the, the modern ones, the, the ones you know since J.J. Abrams became involved. And I, I love the era of Rogue One. I love the idea that Leia is out there basically being a double agent. Nobody knows that she is a spy for the Rebel Alliance and... She probably has R2 and 3PO with her, and Vader is out there. The Emperor is out there. Tarkin is out there. The Empire is right before the height of its power. It's just like no one would dare question the Empire. And so because of that, I'm more excited. Uh, the only thing I'm not excited about is Cassian Andor himself. I just, yeah, he did nothing for me in that movie, but I fully expect that we will become invested in him as a character over the six episodes or four episodes or however many we get. And we'll learn to care about these people around him and all of them, except for Mon Mothma, are fair game to be killed. The fact that they killed everybody in Rogue One was a big surprise when that movie came out. And it's possible that they could do something like that again. And have a big cast of 12 characters, and by the end of Andor, it's only Cassian Andor that's left. Oh, he's going to have the droid, K2SO, with him. Yeah, Alan Tudyk is coming back. Yeah, And I loved K2SO. Alan yeah, Tudyk he was is just really, really good. And the yeah, character he was probably was... the best part of Rogue One. Yes. So I am optimistic, uh, maybe more so than I should be, I just, I, I expect to fully care about this guy and the people around him. And the more danger you can put him in, the more unlikely that they can succeed, the more that we will care. Because the Empire would have been just insanely powerful at this point, right before the Death Star goes online, and no one would dare mess with the Empire. So just the idea that these guys have to, like, skulk around and be careful who they make contact with because anybody could be working for the empire so that's one of those things that's really a paranoid spy thriller set in the star wars universe where you know i i can't let this guy know who i really am because it could blow the whole rebel alliance that that has potential and, and Gil gilroy i think is a fine screenwriter at least uh, i personally hate those born sequels but I didn't hate the fourth one that he directed and I didn't hate the first one that he wrote. So, you know, I, yeah, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'll be there the very first episode. Okay. What's next? All right. So I only have six minutes of recording left. Oh, well, Oh snap. <laughs> but this one is a 30 seconder because nobody knows anything. Go. Yeah. Let, let me just read off the, uh, the announcement here. So next we have the acolyte. Uh, Leslie Headland, Emmy Award-nominated creator of the mind-bending series Russian Doll, brings a new Star Wars series to Disney Plus with The Acolyte, a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. 
So this will be the tie-in to their new push into the, the High Republic. And this is the final days of the High Republic. What comes after the High Republic? Probably where we're at with uh, episode one, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the Old Republic? The Old Republic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think we know enough about this to say anything. I, I like the idea of mystery thriller. Dark. Shadowy secrets and dark side powers and stuff like that. But it, it just, yeah, I, I don't know anything. Yeah. Is this the one that we have seen like little renderings or like character designs from already where we had a main character that looked kind of like a 40 year old blonde woman? Yeah, the, 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 the new novel came out with where they're going to introduce the High Republic. And uh, yeah, they, they've definitely had some sketches out there of what these characters are going to look like. But I don't know how this acolyte ties into that. Oh, okay. So this is not necessarily that. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. I guess when it gets comes around, <laughs> we'll see how it looks and give it a shot then. Yeah, we've we've got to give Star Wars the chance to breathe and grow beyond just Luke Skywalker and Anakin Skywalker. You know what I mean? It so setting it like five thousand years ago or whatever this time is just lets you do whatever you want and introduce as many characters as you want and do whatever you want with them without the fear of everybody knows where this turns up everybody knows that eventually this has to happen and all that and and so good luck with it i i I think that's fine uh the next one is the bad batch which is a spin-off of the Clone Wars, uh, it follows the elite and experimental clones of the Bad Batch as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone War. I, I, I'm not going to be watching this because I didn't watch Clone Wars. That's, that's all I got to say. Yeah, I'll probably check it out, but I'm not that excited about it. The only thing that excited me, you said Fennec was going to show up, a younger Fennec. Right. So that, that's interesting. But other than that, I'll check it out. I'll let I'm you know. most excited about this. Yeah? <laughs> no, I I, I I, don't know if I'll watch it either. I'm probably going to be like Rich. Maybe I'll get to it someday when I finally get around to watching The Clone Wars. But yeah, for now. I'm... In that last season of Clone Wars, they did a four-episode arc that kind of introduced us to the Bad Batch. So I guess they were setting it up for this. Well, I'll tell you what, Marshall. You watch it and let us know if... I mean, if it's independent enough from the clone wars that they're expecting new viewers to pick up right here on the first episode then maybe we'll jump in uh but if it's dependent on you having watched them on the clone wars and you know who these characters are then yeah i'm probably gonna steer clear yeah marshall you watch and let us know if the bad batch (laughs) is a bad show i'll watch it so you don't have to hey thank you (laughs) thanks marshall uh, so the next one is uh, called Star Wars Visions, and it's presenting an all-new creative takes on the galaxy far, far away. Star Wars Visions will be a series of animated short films celebrating Star Wars th- through the lens of the world's best anime creators. <laughs> It'll be anime, Star Wars anime, and yeah, I'm not, who knows? It says it's an anthology collection, so it's not necessarily... A through line it'll just be a, a series i guess of anime stories yeah it sounds like they just 
grabbed a bunch of people and said, "Hey, make an an make an anime cartoon of Star Wars that we'll put on Disney Plus, huh?" Yeah. It makes me think of the Matrix. Oh, Anna, Anna the Matrix. Animatrix, yeah. yeah. I've never watched those either because I also refuse to watch the Matrix sequels. But uh, <laughs> my daughters might dig on this. They like anime. Uh, I, I've never gotten into anime, so th- this doesn't excite me. But I'm sure millennials and Zoomers are just peeing their pants over the idea of, <laughs> of anime Star Wars. A young 20-something that is obsessed with Star Wars might be willing to give this a chance. <laughs> did, you, did you tell that story already? <laughs> he did. I told it today, yeah. Darn. If I knew the story was out there, I would have uh, made a reference to it earlier when we were talking about uh, <laughs> the X-Wing helmet that uh, Patty Jenkins was putting on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then uh, the the last one here, the Star Wars related, is uh, called A Droid Story. And uh, this is obviously going to be about droids, um, but it says it's the intersection of animation and visual effects. Lucasfilm Animation will be teaming up with Lucasfilm visual effects team, Industrial Light and Magic, to develop a special Star Wars adventure for Disney Plus, A Droid Story. And it will introduce us to a new hero guided by the legendary duo of R2-D2 and C-3PO. Now, I would have said the legendary duo of C-3PO and R2-D2, but that's just me. (laughs) All right. Now, I find it strange that it doesn't mention Anthony Daniels because way more than James Earl Jones is Darth Vader, Anthony Daniels is C-3PO. I'm just surprised that that wouldn't be part of the press release. It's a cartoon. It's an animated show. uh, And Tony Daniels did 3PO on the droids cartoon, right, Big? I think so. But so, yeah, I feel like this is sort of a, a, you know, a feature length, big deal droids. (laughs) Right. I'm sure it will be much, much higher quality and for older kids, but... It didn't say anything about it being for kids, but I, I that's just the feeling I get. It, it seems here like they're playing with the animation style. You know, what does it mean by combining animation and visual effects? Yeah, all that crap that they said makes it sound like I have no idea what this is going to be. <laughs> is it Are they going to use of... the volume like... You know, they have for the Mandalorian or... Yeah, I'm sure they're going to use the volume for everything they possibly can after they spent all the money to make it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I read an article about it and there were three other volumes in different cities being built as we speak. Wow. uh, Just so other, other film projects can use this. Yeah, it's probably going to be the way that big budget movies are made from now on. And why not? Because Mandalorian is much cheaper then it looks, and it looks so good. Yeah. Um, but as far as a droid story goes, I love R2 and 3PO, especially 3PO. Uh, R2 just beeps and all that stuff. On a cartoon, it seems like he has a little bit... It, it's a harder job to pull off R2. R2 works because... Yeah, R- R2 is great because of what C-3PO says back to him you know what i'm saying so streepio makes r2 interesting (laughs) yeah and i was going to say you know whoever interacts with r2d2 
makes him come alive, whether it's 3PO or, or, or Luke or Chewie or Yoda. And so as long as those two are together, that's great. And then there's going to be a new hero. I, I'm in. As long as it's those two characters that I love, I'm, I'm fine with it. Those are perennial characters. You can make a movie. Well, I was going to say make a movie that's set a thousand years ago with R2 and 3PO and it still works. But now I guess Anakin built 3PO when he was 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. And so th- we know the beginning, but those are essentially immortal characters. So the great grandchildren of Luke Skywalker could be dead and R2 and 3PO could still be going around the galaxy unchanged, essentially. With this one, I think it'd be cool if they pulled in something from the old droids cartoon. It's been so long since I've seen it that I, I wouldn't know what that would be. But uh, if there was something that was a uh, in those shows that people might remember that they pulled in. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that anyone's going to remember. <laughs> Is there any way to see them at all? I don't know. They're not on Disney Plus, are they? No. They've been memory hold, haven't they? they? They must be embarrassed by them, honestly. Because we would have the Droids and Ewoks cartoons available to stream on Disney Plus unless there was a reason for them not to show them. But like little kids would really eat up the Ewoks show. Yes, yeah, like a rights issue or something. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it. It does they do feel kind of like the uh, the the holiday special, you know, that they're just like, oh yeah, if we've let that out there, we need to keep that under the bag. And I, the thing is, the holiday special is much more notorious than those shows are. I suppose probably because it was, a, I'm sure, a long sight worse than the cartoons were. You know, the cartoons were just blah, normal run-of-the-mill kind of cartoon things i think but uh i tried to watch the holiday special just the other day and i i, I couldn't i couldn't get through, <laughs> couldn't get very far through it i threatened my kids with it i said we're gonna watch this and no we're not <laughs> <laughs> but i'm surprised that yeah that they don't just take advantage of it because I, I would guess that star wars fans are just a little bit crazy they're willing to sit through anything <laughs> if it has star wars on it almost and especially something that's classic like this where the, you know it's a thing and it's been lost basically and i think if they threw it out there people would jump at it so i don't know i mean is there anything that people could remember from that because they've just been forcefully made we've been made to forget them I'm sure that there were other droids they interacted with that we could see in show up on this thing. And other characters, too. I think they had, like, old owners and stuff like that. Yeah, I think they um, went through a, a series of different owners throughout that. I don't know. I quite liked the droids cartoon, but I was young enough that I felt like it was for me, whereas I felt like Ewoks was for, like, my little sister's age. And I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's been 40 years nearly since I saw it. So I don't really remember. I'm sure it would be terrible today. Yeah. But as a boy, I, I, I liked it. I remember liking it as well. But yeah, I don't, I don't remember anything more than that about it. 
You you mentioned, you know, Star Wars fans will watch anything that just today my son sent me a thing on Facebook where it's a movie poster and it says Gonk Droid, a gonk story. <laughs> and it has the gonk droid standing on a pile of trash with in the in the dark with a light beaming out from his head and then it and then the poster reads it's a walking battery that repeatedly says gonk but we made a movie out of it and you will pay to see it because it's star wars <laughs> <laughs> they know their fan base yeah <laughs> yes you know some of these shows are not going to work uh, maybe i'll go as far as to say some of these shows are, are not going to work as well as others. But there's so many of them, some of it will work. And there will probably be arguments about, you know, no, Andor was way better than Ahsoka. It's like, oh, Rangers of the Old Republic was the best one. That was my bag, baby. As long as care is put into this and there's focus on real characters with real human feeling and emotion... It will speak. There will be something for everybody in every series. But it's when it becomes a cash cow and, and it's just like, oh my gosh, did you see the numbers on Mandalorian season four? We can do whatever we want. You know that when it becomes that, you can feel it. And that's when it just becomes garbage and you don't want to watch it anymore. But when it's in the hands of somebody who really cares about it and really wants to make the best show that they can and has a story that it'll just kill them not to tell. You you tend to be able to feel that. Yeah, that's why The Mandalorian's so good. Because Favreau and Filoni, they're into it. They love it. There's one more show that we haven't talked about. And very briefly, it's The Book of Boba Fett. And that I, that, I think, is our next show. Well, there's Bad Batch happening soon. But the next live-action show, which isn't until December, is Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett. That's a four-episode. I wonder if that is a prestige series or a limited series or a, you know, what you call it. That was set up, you know, post-credit sequence of the last episode of Mandalorian. Uh, it's Ming-Na Wen and Temura Morrison. What are your thoughts on that? Big. I'm interested to see. I still object to the fact that Boba Fett exists in this universe at all anymore because <laughs> uh, he's dead. Um, but I didn't hate him in The Mandalorian. Uh, I'd like to see him, I don't know, be... He, he seemed like he was too much of a good guy, if I can say that, in uh, The Mandalorian because he, he was supposed to be a villain, <laughs> and he wasn't very villainous and so i just i would like to see what they can do with him but it's he's the hero of the show so maybe he will continue to be although it seems like his actions in this show is to be a villain i mean the first thing he did was go in and take over bib fortuna's operation which was jabba's operation and sit on his chair so you know he's obviously moving in to be a gangster i don't suspect that he's cleaning up the town and making it safe for people uh for the regular people it seems more like he's the new godfather or something huh. yeah. uh, so maybe we'll see something like that but i don't know but i'll watch it i'm i'm definitely interested to do that 
That's funny. You didn't listen to the episode where we talked about Boba Fett coming back. I'm assuming because you just parroted exactly what I said about that episode. <laughs> I, it was cool to see Boba Fett back and all those neat things, but I couldn't help but just feel like this isn't the right character. Boba Fett with honor was not the guy that I wanted to see. Boba Fett is a, a bad guy for me as well. But seeing him as like the head of some organized crime family where he becomes basically Tony Soprano or something like that, that I can get behind. I am interested in seeing like him outsmart the other bad guys and he is he remains a bad guy. Uh, and we've seen a lot of anti-heroes on television in the last 20 years. Tony Soprano being one of them and another really good one would be Walter White on uh, Breaking Bad. If If they're going from that angle and we're seeing him make a move to take over the the underworld of the galaxy then then i can get on board with that i'd like to see you know him run into people that are worse than he is and how do you defeat somebody that has no scruples at all or that has endless resources and things like that i i don't know what they're doing with boba fett but if it's going in that direction i'm excited about it this could be where you bring Kira back in instead of in the Lando show. That could be her cameo here. She's still in charge of the underworld. Yeah, which does that mean you bring back Maul as well? But Marshall, Darth Maul is dead. And <laughs> the only way you can have him undead is if it takes place before Obi-Wan kills him again on Star Wars Rebels, right? <laughs> he could come crawling out of the Sarlacc. Boba Fett is also dead, so who cares anymore, right? I, I guess so. Nobody's ever actually dead. It's becoming Marvel's comics here. No, it, that, that's a fair point. It, it is, but I just, I, I would hope that they don't go to that well. If, if Kira is coming back, we would be seeing an older like 40-something Kira, who has perhaps completely been taken by the dark side, not of the Force, but of, you know, of corruption and all that stuff. And it would be really interesting to see her as some mafia crime boss that's a, that's a woman. And, you know, she has to be pretty smart to have survived that long. I hope they've made overtures to Amelia Clark and asked if she'd like to come back for some of these shows because they could set something up in the Lando show and pay it off on Boba, although it's opposite, isn't it? Boba Fett comes before the Lando show. Yeah, there is that problem. Marshall, you have any thoughts on Book of Boba Fett? No, I'm just right along with you guys. I'm willing to watch it and, and looking forward to it. Just see what they do. It's only four episodes, right? It is only four episodes. And then... Mandalorian season three starts when those four episodes have run their course. So, but one last question about that is, would you like to see Fett and Fennec Shan in a romantic relationship? No. <laughs> I don't think I would either. Fett as a bad guy, I don't know. He needs to just be bad. I don't want to see him softened by being in love with someone. Okay, that's all I've got. <laughs> We've got a lot of stuff to look forward to. Ryan Johnson was supposed to do some Star Wars stuff at one point, too. 
it looks unlikely that that's going to happen now, but we'll see. As long as these keep making money, they will keep making them, and uh, we'll, we'll keep talking about them. Well, somebody has to do the Knights of the Old Republic at some point, right? Because a lot of fans want that to happen. Was that a different time period than the High Republic? I'll have to ask Gino about that one. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I didn't play the video game. So. Sorry, Marshall. I, and I hate to make Big not sleep again, but what is it about the old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic that they like so much? Is it like Darth Revan and Darth Nihilus? Is it just the time period? Is it the idea that there's a zillion Jedi and a zillion, these were not called Sith in those days, dark Jedi? I think so, yeah. I think they, they all like the Revan character and... And uh, all the different Jedi and Dark Jedi. That, but just like you said, I, I've heard about that since Disney bought Lucasfilm. So when are we going to get the Knights of the Old Republic? So, Well, I, I don't have any answer on that. I, I, I don't know. And I don't know any of those characters. But it seems to me that this High Republic huge process thing that they're doing it's multiple books it's multiple comics it's video games and then it looks like it's culminating in this what was the show called it was one word it started with an a the acolyte yeah it's uh it's culminating in this um but i i don't see why you couldn't put nihilus and revan and it seems like there was a third one it seems like there was a girl called darth talon she was a red-skinned Twi'lek with tons of tattoos. It was super hot. And she was a dark Jedi. Um, if you have, as Disney has disavowed all of this stuff as legends, it seems like you can bring these guys in and do whatever you want with them. Yeah, I guess similar to like they did with Thrawn. Right. All right. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done too. Thanks again, Big, for hanging out with us and talking Star Wars. And it would be neat if the three of us could hang out in person one day, back when people, in the future, when people start to hang out in person again. Yeah, that sounds cool. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I have been Rich Outfield. I have been Marshall Latham. And I'm barely awake. <laughs> we didn't get to hear you snore, so congratulations. <laughs> it's very late. Bye everybody. I'm Big Anklevich. Hey, Big. Oh yeah. Big, don't don't touch that. It it cost fifty whoopee whoopies. <laughs> whoopee whoopee. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good night. The Delusions of Grandeur podcast is produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. This means you can share it with anyone, but do not change it or sell it. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Okay, edit that together with your editing magic, Oedo-T. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>